You're listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Welcome to the Deliberative, your premier podcast all about Exalted. I'm your host, Corey, and joining me today, as always, are Charles, Help, and Jim. How's it going? What's up, guys? <laughs> oh, another episode of the Deliberative. This is another early morning. Gonna be some fun times talking about all the new goodness. But before we get into all the news and everything that's happened, it's been a it's been a busy couple of weeks here for Exalted fans. A whole lot of things we have seen and done. There has been a convention, the Onyx Path convention. Did either of you guys get any get any time to hang out at the convention, check out any of the panels or anything like that? No, unfortunately not. Uh, I was on vacation the exact weekend it happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it it was. It, I decided, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and and check this out. You know, I mean, it's it's a virtual convention, which is honestly a little weird. Uh, I know that they're, you know, it's more COVID fear or whatever. I kind of feel like most of the world has passed that now, but uh, but they they wanted to do it for another, you know like put take one more year do virtual or whatever just to be safe and i guess i guess it was sort of called for because uh dixie she came down with covid like right at the beginning of the thing uh so and uh she still participated in some of the some of the panels and whatnot which you know she wouldn't have been able to do i guess if uh if it would have been live so yeah for that i guess it was pretty cool but uh, you know, kind of the last convention that uh, that I had gone to, you know, prior to all this was back when Charles and I went to MomoCon a couple of years ago. Oh, and, man, uh, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I was, uh, I was, you know, I, I was having some memories of that, you know, just uh, the, the various, you know, of course, we went to MomoCon mainly just to play. Uh, Pathfinder Society, pa- Pathfinder Society, which we and played way too much of it. <laughs> so many, so many games <laughs> lasted so long through the day, and uh, and I really I was on the fence for a long time with this Onyx Path uh, convention. You know, like, do I want to play in any of the games? And I was like flipping through. I was looking through uh, all the different uh, games that they had on offer. Of course, they had a lot of Scion. They had Legend Lore. I still don't know what in the world that is. They had the the scarred land stuff they had a bunch of exalted games actually on offer uh, a lot of them were saying like uh, you know teaching you how to play exalted or whatnot which i was like well i don't know how to play exalted but it's, i i, I kind of would want to sit in and just you know see what was going on there but they were putting like you know 20 dollar price tags and stuff like that per player on uh, those games so I was like, well, I don't want to pay 20 bucks to hear how somebody teaches other people how to play Exalted. So I guess I'm out on that. But, uh, but you know, <laughs> I, you know, thinking about the cost thing, uh, I guess, it, you know, when you consider the fact that when we went to Momocon, I mean, we paid one price up front, 60 bucks or something like that. And then, of course, we had to drive or take Marta down there. 
every day when we went and so the cost for us going there plus lunch that we'd have to get out i mean it was like you know the hundred buck range or so something like that so yeah if you consider the fact that oh well i played three or four games at this onyx path virtual convention and i only spent you know 50 or 60 bucks like you could say well look see it, it was actually kind of a deal but there's just something about looking at those games and thinking wow oh, man i don't know if i want to pay 20 bucks to sit in on a game with strangers at a convention like this it uh it was a little turn off to me i know that they were raising money for their um for their charity and all that kind of stuff but i still thought it was weird but anyway so i'm looking at all the games i eventually did sign up for one i uh not for an exalted game but for a trinity game because i've i've been uh slightly interested in the trinity continuum stuff so i signed up for a trinity continuum adventure game uh that's their like 1930s pulp uh, you know indiana jones type stuff and oh my gosh i had like <laughs> i had such a blast with the with those guys there the the story guide uh, Mike Athey, he was so good, and the story was fun. My character was awesome. He was, uh, it was given to me. I didn't make it, so I'm not like saying, yeah, I made the coolest character or whatever. I'll do that <laughs> in other places. But <laughs> shut it. <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was so. Much fun. I, I played this like uh, this this like uh, leg breaking uh, gangster from Chicago named Brick Mason and oh, i that's a good name yeah it was and it was so fun i mean it was just you know we had like the you know, one of our characters was like the asian guy that flies the plane and, and drives the boats and then we had a couple of late like uh female characters on our our team nobody was actually female in the game everybody was they were all dudes but you know two of them were playing the female characters but uh anyway it uh it was a lot of fun and i had a blast with the system and I was so jazzed about it. Actually, I was like, "Well, crap, dude! I'm I'm gonna like, I I am I am loving this Trinity team." So I, I actually I bought I, I've got all the books now. I even have all of the uh, I've got all the ones that had been kickstarted in the last year or two. I've even got those on order when they're when they're uh, you know deluxe editions or whatever finally come out. They'll be being sent to me. So man, I, I was like, this, this game is good. I mean, it's, it's no exalted exalted is always my favorite game, but, uh, but it is phenomenal. And I was like, I'm going to make a new podcast about this. So actually I've got a new podcast now called Trinity continuum airwaves. And, uh, so if any of you guys out there have some, some passing interest in Trinity continuum, grab onto my new podcast. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. So it's just kind of a solo ride right now with me, but, uh, but anyway, it, we're having a good time over there. So, But other stuff from the convention. There was a lot of Exalted news. So let's get into that. So the, the main thing for Exalted fans was the Exalted panel. And they had some extremely cool news on there. I know there's been several people who have been kind of passing around like a, a breakdown of what was announced, but uh, we just go through it here pretty quickly. <laughs> I put on the top of my list, uh, and I guess maybe it was because it was toward the beginning of the, of the panel, but the fact that when they were talking about the, the potential Siderials uh, Kickstarter that would come and all that kind of stuff, they did mention a map of Yushan. Uh, so I'm guessing that that, I mean, of course that means that somebody's going to be, painting a map of you shan but the way they said it sounded like we will get a cloth map of you shan offered during a siderials kickstarter 
And that to me is very exciting. I know Charles, we were talking last time about how you would love a map of great forks, uh, just to have just a cool fantasy city. If they would have offered that for the exigence uh, yeah. campaign, but like a map of heaven. <laughs> that sounds, yeah. That's better. That sounds really, really cool. So uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what they, what they come up with for that. They also said that the title of the book is going to be Siderials charting fates course so uh interesting interesting title there i always uh, you know it it's always interesting to me just to see what they're going to name these new books uh now that we're doing this like naming scheme thing that they got going on but sidereal's charting fates course uh they did say that they would have a quote greatly expanded sidereal charm set in this edition uh from previous editions so they'll be adding a whole lot of new things that Siderials can do, etc. Another item uh, I thought was really cool, and they may have misspoke. I tried to clarify it on uh, on like comments on the YouTube video. We'll see if anybody actually bites, but it sounded like they said the many-faced stranger's companion to the Lunar's book would be available, and I quote, very shortly. <laughs> <laughs> very shortly has never been so long i mean but it does seem like an interesting <laughs> it seems like an interesting thing to say i mean they didn't say yeah when that comes out or yeah you know soon tm or anything like that they, but they said very shortly you'll have that very shortly and uh so anyway i was like oh can we get some confirmation on this very shortly but that sounds really good to me i cannot wait to get a hold of many face strangers we need lots more lunar goodness and uh like i said like i've said many times if it's anything like heirs to the shogun that's gonna be one of my favorite well i'm they're still waiting to approve my game breaking charms uh for this one (laughs) so i could slip it into our game (laughs) yeah what's one of your best game breaking charms you got there uh uh let's see jim does an action and Corey cannot do nothing against it <laughs> yeah that's actually written in that's there. hyphenated i'm sure uh but yeah it's um <laughs> the mini faced win everything yeah game. yeah you're gonna need one of those uh yeah so anyway uh, <laughs> some more goodness the uh, <laughs> crucible of legends which is the storyteller guide uh they talked about that quite a bit which i've i was very interested to hear because we haven't really heard much about crucible of legends uh we we've even pointed that out on the show in weeks gone by but uh they said that the crucible legend is going to give advice on how to run all exalt types so that means it will feature some pretty in-depth previews of like liminals and jatimians alchemicals infernals because they're they're putting in there a lot of this advice on how to run these things without when we don't know anything about what those are going to be like so uh gonna get some cool sort of previews there of that sort of stuff. <laughs> you think we'll get any any kind of, you know, necromancy, helltech, oh, any well, of that stuff? Well, I don't stuff know about helltech and stuff, on? but I mean, yeah, there's going to be abyssal stuff in there too. So, I, I okay. yeah, I, yeah, I didn't list that in my little list because that's the next book after Sidereals. Of course, that means, you know, three years from now or something. But uh, but anyway, yeah, so it'll have all that. It'll have all the abyssals. It'll have the Sidereals. It's going to have all those kinds of, of things, which hopefully... There, there's a part of me that almost wishes like the core book would have like you know how like D and D it had like the basic 
yeah. classes and races. And then you got these books later on that like went into depth about all the classes and the races right. and stuff like that. Like individually, yeah. like the fighter's handbook. It's like a book all about fighters. Right. So there's a part of me that says, I wish we had everything that was available. Yeah. And then we dove into it more because, I don't know, it, it seems like they're getting to where they're like, okay, here, here's a preview or here's how to play this Exalt because we don't know. You, you're you're going to be 50 when the book comes out. Um, Stop reminding which, me. <laughs> which probably isn't far off. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just for them to have something to come out to get. Because not only do I want to play some of these things, these 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 exalt types make really cool antagonists yeah. to throw in the game because I mean we've we found this out the hard way um, when you have an exalt versus anything that doesn't have essence mm-hmm. exalt is stomping it into the ground yeah, if you don't have at least like but a- you you don't want to be the one trick pony and it's like oh you're fighting another solar right you know yeah. like this is the third solar your your dragon blood group has fought yeah i mean so to have some other options is really great there are you know they did try to do some of that in the antagonist chapter of the core book but it of course it was really anemic you know there's only like a couple of couple of things here and there uh i i would love to see and maybe they are planning to do this with crucible of legends but i would love to see a way to like quick create some cool antagonists from each of these exalt types and and other things like fair folk where you could you could actually make you know keep the stats and stuff simple we don't need to know the names of every charm or whatever but yeah. you know kind of provide some general rules on how to run something like this uh, as an antagonist without us needing a whole book in order to do it i feel like that's possible Especially as I said, getting into the Trinity Continuum and seeing the way that they run their antagonists, it it mm-hmm. really makes me like think, oh gosh, could you please do this for Exalted? This would be amazing. This is so easy, and I could see it's almost like it's almost like you could you could write a charm. It's like generic melee charm because yeah. like well, all there's all really these need, fancy you know, names for for charms that do similar yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, but it, then you just add the and you can abyssal flare to you it. You can. We're just not used to doing that from previous editions, right? So, like in second edition, right. you just made whatever you wanted. You made the character, but you know, having they, it does look like that what they've tried to do in Exalted Third, and maybe they did, maybe maybe they did just a wonderful job of this, and I'm somehow missing it. But like, it does seem like they're they're trying to give you some of these these things like if you look at the antagonist chapter it's like if the guy's gonna be good if the the antagonist is gonna be good at a dice roll let him roll like eight to ten dice if he's gonna be not as good like make it like you know four to six or whatever so they, they are providing some of those kinds of things it's just i guess it's the it's the translation difference between coming from second edition where you could fully stat out every every bad guy into third edition where like you don't have that ability because the books just aren't there but wanting that, right. like you want that because it's what you had before. And, you know, they're trying to give you some new systems of how to just kind of quickly throw this together. And I'm looking for more chunk and there's not chunks, you know? So, <laughs> whereas like Trinity right from the beginning is like, here's the way we handle antagonists. It's very different than the way you make normal characters, you know, uh, treat them like this. This is super easy. Don't get bogged down in it, you know? I, I, and and like I said, maybe maybe that is there for a third, and we're just we're not seeing it as clearly because we're not used to it. But um, I mean, all you really need yeah. is like tell us how the excellencies work, 
give us some ideas of how much you know dice and or the the i guess the the visual flair too like how is an abyssal different than a than an infernal or a liminal when it comes to fighting against them if they were an antagonist and maybe the crucible of legends will have even better uh information on that but i'll tell you what i need right now is fair folk i need fair folk bad i need you to tell i need you to give me a whole lot of fair folk <laughs> antagonists because I feel like, man, we need that. And then they're, you know, they were kind of saying in the, uh, maybe it was in the Exalted panel or maybe, or maybe in something else I was reading this weekend or this past week, but they were, I think it was in the Exalted panel talking about how, you know, we probably won't do a full on fair folk players guide in this edition, because in this edition, we're focusing so entirely on exalts that adding a book on how to play fair folk or adding a book on how to play, you know, dragon Kings or all this other kind of stuff is just kind of not in their, not in their idea for what the edition really needs. And uh, part of me wants to complain about that. Like the fact that they did say that uh, the crucible of legends will not have rules for how to play God bloods and, and uh, half casts and all that kind of stuff, which previous versions of the like storyteller's guide or whatever have always had. And right. that's like disappointing to me at first because I'm like, well, dang, I want all the things. I mean, that was the thing that like really got me jazzed about exalted in the, in the first place was like, Oh, it's so cool. Like literally everything in the setting, if you can see it, you can play it. So, you know, here's a dragon. I mean, I, fe- I feel that almost God blood, it's, exigence. I mean, it's cool. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. but Exigence has kind of replaced yeah, that. and replaced it with like a far, far better option. Right, yeah. right. And, and you know, you think about, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll lose Dragon Kings or we'll, we'll lose Fair Folk. Yeah, but you're also gaining Jatemians and Liminals and, and uh, you know, all these other Exalt type Exigence that they've added. You're gaining some stuff. You might be losing a couple of things, but you're gaining some stuff. But we still need Dragonfolk in there. We still need, uh, you know, the the Jadeborn. We still need all that stuff. So if you're not going to provide us a book on how to play it, at least give us some, like, really good storyteller antagonist stuff. And I'm crossing my fingers that a lot of that will be in Crucible of Legends. Uh, Wasn't there a Dragon King in some of the previews of the Adversaries of the Righteous? Yeah, I want to say there was. Yeah, I think so. It was like a feral, like a feral dragon mm-hmm. king. I don't know. Maybe I'm. It's it's been a while since I've looked. Oh, by the way, that book needs to come out. I'm ready for that one too. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Adversaries of the Righteous. It has been long in the tooth here, but they they did say that uh, that it would be coming pretty soon. They're finishing up the last of the uh, art for it, so I'm looking forward to that one coming real soon. Uh, some other news from the panel, uh, they talked quite a bit about Across the Eight Directions, which is another book I've been waiting for for years now. We've been like wanting this book badly for years. They did say yes. that there would be a map, maps of all eight directions in Across the Eight Directions. This, this is cool. This is this very is cool. cool. Maybe maybe all of our map rattling from last last episode like hey these guys really want maps yeah yeah (laughs) and and you know it's i'm always looking back to second edition stuff like their uh, compass of terrestrial directions books trying to get like look at the maps the more detailed maps of these different areas to see like you know our game right now is set in the far southeast 
And I'm always looking at these books from second edition, like, oh, what's over there near this stuff? So when the Across the Eight Directions comes out and they have a whole map directed to the southeast, they're going right. to fill in my little headcanon map with a lot of new stuff over there. So I'm I'm really, like, I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to that one. Well, it, it's funny because where we're playing, you don't have anything to draw from I know, the map is in empty. second edition. Yeah. <laughs> I know, because it was... That was wild. Yeah, we, the place we're in right now was, like, deep in the wild in second edition. Yeah, so, exactly. Dreaming Sea. The Dreaming Sea. Fun area. place to be. It is a cool place. And then you know what another cool place is? They mentioned in the, in the panel that the northwest direction... That they're kidding out that direction to be all about horror-themed games in Exalted. So I find that really, really cool. Um, And right as I'm saying this, a gigantic cockroach is crawling up the concrete wall of my basement. (laughs) (laughs) Freaking me the heck out. But... uh, Yeah, so uh, that that's pretty neat. You know, it kind of reminds me of like what Pathfinder has done with their like Ustalov region or whatever. It's like this is the I think that's what it's called. It's like this is the place where we do horror games. It's where you're gonna find like Dracula's castle and all this other kind of stuff. So I'm sure that Exalted will do it way better than that. We probably won't have a stupid Dracula castle, but uh, uh, it will be <laughs> a very cool thing. I can't wait to see how they how they tie all that stuff in there. Also, and I guess this is kind of big news, although it's also expected news. They said that the Abyssals book has been approved by Paradox, so they are moving forward with that. I mean, they were we all we knew already they were like already writing some of it, but now it is officially oh, yeah. approved and greenlit. So after Sidereal, you can't see it, but I'm raising the roof on my end. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we should raise the roof. And it over looks here. like we're getting a map of the underworld, <laughs> yeah, which that's is right. needed. That is very cool. So we'll have maps of, of heaven, maps of the underworld. Oh gosh, I can't wait for a map of Malpheus in the infernal skip. <laughs> oh, Malpheus has always been my favorite place. I mean, it's the best depiction of like a hell that has ever been done in a role playing game. When I read that compass of, of Celestial Directions Malpheus in second edition, I read the whole book cover to cover, like sitting outside in my backyard on like a nice spring day, you know, in, in a little lawn chair, crossing my legs. Just re- I, I still remember it. Like, it's like, you know, you remember where you were when, when the Challenger blew up or whatever. Well, I remember where I was when I was reading the Malpheus book and how much I loved that thing. So <laughs> the idea of having a, a, a map of Malpheus with like Ligier, the green sun and all that. Kind of, man, I really hope that happens. Mm-hmm. Make that happen. Onyx draft. So yeah. Uh, other things that we heard, I guess the last little bit was that they're uh, on the cover of adversaries of the righteous. So that's how close we are. They know what the cover looks like um, on the cover of adversaries of the righteous. There will be a war strider that changes shape. Uh, we've heard them mention this in one of the, one of the podcasts in the run up to the exigence thing where, where they had all the devs on talking about different things going on. They did mention this war strider that was going to be in adversaries that changes shape with the, it's like a lunar war strider or something. And it, and it changes shape with its pilot, um, which is extremely that, cool. That's crazy. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the transformers, like they had like the triple changers and all that kind of stuff, you know, they'd change into like several different things. Uh, that's kind of reminds me of that, but yeah, I think that's super cool. But they said it's going to be in frog shape on the on the cover of the book. So, uh, you know, War Strider that changes shape, ding, cool. 
Warstrider that changes shape in the shape of a frog. Weird. But, yeah, uh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I still can't wait to see what that looks like. So very cool. Uh, other so that that kind of does it for the for the exalted panel. Could you imagine this massive war strider? Like you're on a boat, and this thing is like kicking its legs like a frog, like you know, coming right at you, and then yeah. jumps out of the water, and it's like huge. Why not be shark shaped yeah. if it's in the water? Yeah, but you got to get on land too, yeah. so <laughs> frogs can do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like a like a shark like breaches the surface and then like kind of jumps up changes it's, into it's, a frog. it's like aquaman when the justice league were fighting on land like can't can't we fight near the water <laughs> i really can't do nothing <laughs> i don't speak dc but i get what you're saying i've seen enough of the boys to know aquaman <laughs> equals deep so i got you yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man so some other news uh we, you know talking about the exigence which we're going to be doing today by the way this is going to be our part two of our exigence deep dive into the uh the manuscript stuff but since the last episode we've unlocked a few more stretch goals guys guys we got the wallpaper yes <laughs> the desktop yes. wallpaper is ours yes. digital wallpaper Everything I've ever wanted in life <laughs> has come true. I feel so bad for the person that worked on that thing. That's just it, though. <laughs> That's just it. If there was somebody who was like, oh, man, I made a really cool wallpaper for you guys. Dude, I would be excited. The wallpaper that they put out in the in the original campaign for like the core book, that was pretty good stuff. It I was, mean, I know actually. They, yeah. I know they just took like four or five images from the, the core book and like formatted them with borders and title mm-hmm. like and and, and gra- uh, like text art or whatever but they you know they actually made some cool wallpapers but ever since then they've just been taking the image that's on the front of the of the the game master screen or the storyteller screen and they're just cutting it for desktop size that's all they're doing yeah and to me that's like cheesy i I actually remember using the some of the wallpapers from the original core book. Yeah. I, I don't even remember what the lunar and dragon-blooded ones look it's like. It's just the cover of the storyteller screen. That's yeah, dumb. And, I mean, it's <laughs> fine. I mean, the covers of the storyteller screens look good. It's just when you say, oh, look, here's this wallpaper. I'm wanting you to make a cool wallpaper. You know, not just drop an image from something else, you know, like kind you know, of like for a game, unedited. For a game that is so, so different and all about being creative while you're playing it, they are wildly uncreative. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Like, maybe it wouldn't be so bad if it were like, you know, the hunter one or the mage one where it's like, yeah, it's just like it's the text of the book and then it's got some of that weird patterning on it that's fine right but right. exalted is like so over the top and crazy and all this stuff and then the wallpaper just says like exalted and comic sans yeah. and you're like really that's that's <laughs> the wallpaper sans. representation <laughs> of this game <laughs> that should be the font for the abyssal yeah. book abyssal's <laughs> comic sans yeah <laughs> Uh, that's funny, but yeah, it, it is. It's it, it's like I don't know. It's like somebody phoned it in, and that's always disappointing. 
it, it's not that the idea of a wallpaper is a bad idea or that I wouldn't be like super, you know, super geeked out by some cool wallpaper like we had in the first one. It's just like, it's just, they, they phoned it in. So, well, anyway. and also, I mean, it's such a high level stretch goal. Like, okay, if it's just going to be some dinky little wallpaper, make it the first one. Well, what they were doing with it, though, is that they were going every $10,000, you know, was going to be a new stretch goal. So they just added one in between two other ones, like a $5,000. Now, here, we got to put this wallpaper in here somewhere. We already have the image for the for the storyteller screen, so we might as well put this <laughs> in here. We'll just put it in a little halfway uh, goal between two other big ones. I mean, if, they could have put nothing there. You know, and we'd still be where we're at. So, I mean, it's okay. I get. Well, it, it's okay. We're getting it for free if we if you back the thing. But I would just love to see that done with a little bit more care. I I would I would be super excited for a good wallpaper. But anyway, it's just it's strange to me that the funding goal was forty thousand and that the wallpaper was a hundred and twenty thousand. <laughs> Like only once we've tripled the minimum funding for <laughs> that, it. That is will a good point. This. That is a good point. Yeah. Uh, the other ones that we have triggered since then, uh, since two weeks ago, and this triggered. Really, Sorry, <laughs> this is this is actually disappointing that this is like this is two weeks worth of goals here. But uh, we got the Bleak Warden. Uh, very excited about that one. That's one of the coolest like kind of example exalts that isn't written up in the book. But they're like, this is something you could do. And he's like the keeper of like this, uh, you know, supernatural prison where like these horrible things are locked away. And so he has powers of like keeping these things uh, in confinement or whatever. I'm very much looking forward to that one. So we we unlocked that in the stretch goal. So we'll be getting a a seed for that one. And we got the T-shirt. And we're at the end of the list of what we've unlocked in the last yeah. two weeks. But, but we got the t-shirt. Now, I, I put up a comment on the campaign, like, please make this t-shirt good. You know, uh, it, it's very easy. You know, like you like to take like the cover art of the storyteller screen and just make that your wallpaper. Please do something simple like that for the t-shirt. Just take the exigence, like title, the exigence out of the ashes title, just like it is on the Kickstarter. And just put that on a black t-shirt and boom, it's a good t-shirt and I'll buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Simple, simple on a t-shirt is good. Yeah, If you put some weird thing that's like going to sit wrong on the t-shirt, like a giant circle or something that's right over the belly. And it just says like, <laughs> I backed a Kickstarter. Like I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. You like, know, that's... y'all did that for dragon blood and it was ugly as crap. Don't you know, do it for I, this got, one. I got the t-shirt for the hunter second edition campaign and like well first off it's actually a really nice t-shirt it's like it's really good quality but yeah it says like oh man i wish i could remember exactly what it says but it says like kickstarter back or something on there but it has like a picture of a couple of the hunters from the books kind of composited together and it has the hunter logo and that cool weird green fading type but then it just says like super kickstarter backer and i'm like man i just make it say hunter yeah please just make it like i just i don't want a kickstarter shirt (laughs) a hunter shirt it's like at my work they gave us out these uh these awesome i mean they're they're like the kind of jackets you'd pay like a 100 bucks for or whatever like they're really really nice jackets and it has the company logo on the breast 
But then underneath the company logo, it's got this like giant text that says something like, over 1 million man hours, no accidents or whatever. I'm just like, and it's embroidered on there. I'm like, this is so <laughs> ugly. This was the coolest thing ever. And you junked it up with all of this like million man hours with no accidents. Like, I want to take it to like a seamstress and have them remove the stupid text on there <laughs> so that I just have a nice jacket that has my company logo on it, you know? Just go to work and cause an accident and then they can't <laughs> then say they that have to take that off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's funny. laughs> they but I, I'm doing the this for the jackets. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird to me how few people seem to understand this and, and how few people seem to understand t-shirt design, okay? Like, I, I am not... I am not in like the, you know, I was just looking recently in these like fat categories or whatever, right? You say they, like uh, folks in this movement, they've named all these different things. They have like, like super fat and infinifat and all this kind of stuff. I am not one of these guys that's like in the infinifat category, but I am also not a skinny man. And <laughs> I don't want a t-shirt that has like a round graphic or something like right where my stomach is. It looks <laughs> stupid. Like no, even I don't even understand why a skinny person would wear something stupid like that. You yeah, know what? You those want it look like good? on the chest. Yeah, you want something that's like kind of, uh, or in the like, in the middle of your back. Yeah, middle of the back's you know, okay like, for like a big graphic like that. Away. But if it's on like the chest, it needs yeah, right across the chest. And if it's long, like writing or something, like just a logo, it actually makes it's a flattering look. You want to put a, you yeah. want to put something right there across the chest. I have a shirt that just says Pathfinder right across the chest, and it makes me look good. I wear that thing, and I'm like, dang, I look pretty good in this, even though it's like dorky crap, you know? Like <laughs> That's the coolest looking nerd I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it's a good looking shirt. I'm the it's just hottest <laughs> one here. <laughs> Wait, didn't we say that when we went to MomoCon, and we walked in, and we were like, we are definitely the coolest people yeah, here. Yeah, it was weird. It was like, you know, this huge convention of, uh, of anime fans, and like, the the Pathfinder uh, dorky gamers were actually the coolest people <laughs> in the room because we weren't dressed up like you know little girls with pigtails, but uh, yeah. Anyway, it's uh so so those that's those are the those are the stretch goals that we've hit. Just three of them, and two of them are the little halfway stretch goals: the wallpaper and the. Well, I'm really excited about the the one we're close to An- another five thousand. And we get more stuff about Great Forks yeah. and Shrine Gangs. More yeah. information on the Shrine that Gangs, is very which cool. I find them so awesome. And if we can just get to the one after that, which is going to be the Fox uh, dude, I think that's the last one of the like sample exalts that they threw out in that first couple of chapters there. Uh, the Fox right. Finder or whatever it is that... The guy who has like the god of foxes as his familiar, what I mean, it's such a cool idea. I really, really want to see that seed. I'm really hoping that a lot of people are waiting till the end of the Indiegogo campaign to to buy in because they saved up money or whatever. Because I, we come on, we can't just have like 90 percent of the sample characters written up as as like full seeds and then just have one dangling out there that wasn't written up. I, that's that's one thing I kind of hate about these uh, stretch goals. It's like, well, it, to be complete, we have to have this stretch goal, you know? 
So what happens if we don't get it? Then it's like an incomplete uh, companion book. So uh, hope we'll. It, it feels like it's something we need too. Is like a god of an animal type, just so that we can see how to balance yeah. that power and not like overshadow lunars, yeah. but still have yeah. like some flavor. Yeah, that, I so I think it's... I, I think we need an example of that. Yeah, I think that one's going to be super cool. So I hope we get it. But uh, it's really been slow. It's really been slow the last couple of weeks. Uh, there haven't been very many comments. It's very different than what we have seen in Kickstarters before, where there has just been tons and tons of conversation uh, on the campaign between James and, and, and designers and, other, and then the fans or whatever. Uh, this one's been very sleepy. It's a little worrisome, uh, honestly. Like, what happened here? Our last exalted kickstarters were like blowing the doors down and this was really slow is it just the move to indiegogo are people just getting ah. fed up with how long it's taken for the third edition stuff to come out i mean like why is this one why is this one lagging i don't know i i do hope the best for it of course uh love the game and want to see all this stuff so let's let's hope it gets it gets really moving here in the last week because we are less than a week out this thursday after this recording, uh, this Thursday is going to be the last day. So if you've been holding out, get on there and buy a bunch of stuff. We want to get all these stretch goals. Dang it. But um, <laughs> anyway, we've, we've, have some, we've had three new exalt types. This is so crazy. This is so crazy. We had three completely new exalt types released in the last couple of weeks for us to look at. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, three. It's like, it's like solars lunars and siderials you know like we get three humongous exalt types released in the last two weeks we've got pack pal the puppeteer we've got the architects and we got the sovereigns that have all been dropped like a hundred pages each of all of their charms and character creation and write up and all that kind of stuff there is so much good stuff here so and we're not going to be able to just blow the doors off all of these and get deep 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 into all of their different things, but we do want to talk a little bit about uh, each one. So the one that I was so looking forward to in this entire book was the puppeteer. And that was the first one we got since the last episode. And the puppeteer did not disappoint. Uh, Jim or Charles, do y'all want to talk about the puppeteer first? Cause I feel like I'm going to go off on puppeteer here. I think it's kind of unfair to every other exigent in this book. When I heard that there was going to be a puppeteer, my immediate thought was, I, I, do, I think I would be hard-pressed to think of something stupider than that. Because it, <laughs> it sounded so dumb. A, a puppeteer, really? Like marionettes and stuff? I, I'm so sorry. I've been, you, you should be. I've been so wrong. I've been so wrong. And it's crazy that this thing that I knew was going to be the dumbest thing that they had written to date makes everything else just almost completely non-interesting yeah. to me by comparison. Yeah, there's a, um, it's so good. It's like a straight horror character. Like you're <laughs> yeah. you're creating this like spider monster that steals people's souls. <laughs> and like binds them in puppets yeah. and you have all these lit dude these layer charms are oh, I, do I, I don't know why but they're so awesome like this idea that it starts off small where it's basically it, it kind of reminds me of 
just like Dracula's coffin, where he's like, I've just got a coffin in a safe place, and that's it. It's just right. just to keep me safe. No one knows where it is, you know? Right. And then it just builds from there, where it's like, you, you can have this giant lair, and you can travel anywhere within it instantly, and you know everything that's going on, and it keys off of, you know, if you have this other non-lair charm, this is something else you can do in your lair and all this crazy stuff that it's, it's like having your own bat cave. Oh yeah. It's like slowly building up a a bat cave. And then even, even the other charms are cool as much as I think the lair charms are the ones I like the most, but like uh, hidden venom palm was just this simple, this simple little, like you could just reflexively poison a weapon, which doesn't seem that crazy, but I don't recall seeing anything like that before. Like, yeah. I, I guess you could buy poison or craft poison, but mm-hmm. the idea that you're just like, no, 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 I can just, I can just make poison. It's like, ugh, ugh. Yeah. I, I don't what, know. What Freaks aspect of Dragon Bloods can do that? Uh, because I've got one sort of right now. And uh, okay, I, yeah, I they, they get a little so, bit of but that. Yeah. there's, I, I don't know, for some reason that just like. That it really is jumped cool. out at me. Yeah, all of the things, they're so thematic, too. I mean, like, you think about, like, the lair and all that stuff. I mean, it really, and, like, you're talking about the creepy factor, the fact that the the god that has exalted this person is, like, a spider. And so it's combining the idea of a spider with the idea of a puppet master into just this crazy crazy awesome yes and the lair with like a web and then like there's puppets hanging in the web puppets that may have people's souls and like spiders crawling out of the open puppet mouths and stuff oh Oh, man just i love it it's so ridiculous and cool. i think it's like real cool imagery because when you think of like someone who puts on a puppet show they have these these um you know the the strings are attached to these cross-shaping pieces of wood Mm -hmm. and they can control multiple things with just two hands. So uh, a God of, of marionettes would have multiple hands to control multiple things. So that's kind of the imagery I was getting in the, and the webs, you know, act as the strings. So that's, it's really cool. And I wouldn't have thought of that on my own, but when I'm looking at it, I'm like, this it is makes, a really cool idea. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But it's also just a, it's a cool, it's a cool idea of just like taking a couple of different things and mashing them up and seeing what can come out of it. You know, spiders plus puppets go, you know, and then just like seeing <laughs> what you can do with it and all of the cool stuff. It gives you some, again, it's imagination fuel. Like if I want to make my own exalt, what kind of cool things could I do? Do the same thing. Take two ideas like that, mash them up and see what kind of stuff comes out. So very, very cool stuff. Um, I think this is one of my favorite exalt types of all time. Like Infernals might have to take a back seat to pack pal the puppeteer. I mean, uh, <laughs> I think, you know, they talk about how charms are designed in the earlier chapters of the book how you have like the top down design where you have the idea first, then you work it down to the mechanics and then the bottom up design where th- you have the mechanic first, and then you try to like tie it into your theme. I just feel like every single charm in this charm set was designed from the top down. First of all, with just the, the, the big ideas of puppets and spiders, like we've said, but also just with the, just with the idea of like delighting the player who gets to play this thing, because every one of these things 
is a delight. I mean, it's it's so fun to use these charms. I would not, I could not wait to be able to like pull out my puppet and use its little fingers to pick a lock or something. I mean, it's just so so stinking cool. Also, I, I don't know if you guys like kind of noticed this, but man, the pack pal write up of like her story and all that kind of stuff is so full of story hooks. It is the most story hook dense writing I think in the entire book. Uh, it, it lists like uh, the cult of Karana, the god that that exalted her, and it gives even like here are all the different cult members in her cult and how or his cult. I guess Karana's male. I don't remember, but um, anyway, like here are all the different cult members and how they feel about Pakpau and all of the drama and tension that exists between all of these things. And just so many ideas for story for a game that involves this particular exalt. And uh, now, if I were to just go through like all of my favorite charms, like <laughs> like like every other charm is like, oh, that's my favorite. Oh, that's my favorite. But I did write down a few that I wanted to uh, just kind of highlight here. Uh, I love the. There's one called Spider's Cunning Strings, which essentially just gives her uh, telekinesis. It allows her to use her strings to like pull things to her hand or whatever. And anytime you have that effect, I'm like a big, I'm a big fan of it. Like uh, Mage Hand or whatever in in Pathfinder. Like every time I've got a, a a magic user character, they have to have Mage Hand because pulling something through the air to your hand is got to be just one of the coolest powers ever. So I love Spiders Cutting Strings. Um, let's see, being a, the, the Soul Pattern Acquisition. That's what Charles had mentioned: being able to steal souls and bind them into puppets. And then that that charm tree gets like branched out with uh, strings of stolen divinity, where you can use charms through the uh, through the bound puppets there, and then also uh, it finally culminates in so the crazy. soul soul doll exaltation, where you create <laughs> a puppet clone of yourself that can even start to like its personality can begin to diverge from your personality. Like it kind of takes on a life of its own with its own experiences and whatnot. It reminds me so much. I don't want to spoil too much of the, of the anime re zero. If you guys haven't ever seen re zero, but uh, one of my favorite animes of all time, such a, such a good show, but there, there is a character in there who has this kind of thing like that, where they've created a bunch of copies and those copies kind of diverge from one another and become, uh, each one becomes kind of its own little unique person. So I just, man, these are good. These are so good. And, and I also think that, uh, ship self puppetry is without a doubt, the coolest sail charm that has ever been written because you use all of your puppet strings to completely crew a sailboat. <laughs> like you're like turning <laughs> the yard awesome. arms and like you know hoisted the main mast and all like you're doing it all with like these strings coming out of your fingers just like pulling on the wooden spars of the ship and whatnot you know i mean can you imagine can you imagine what that would look like oh it's so cool it would it's look so terrifying cool. there there are countless <laughs> horror movies where this exalt is basically the premise of it the yeah. whole thing that sets it in motion and it's freaking yeah. great. I love it. It, it is so good. Uh, yeah, this, it's, it's like my favorite of all time. Jim, do you have anything else you wanted to add about Pack Pal? Well, the thing I like about Pack Pal is that it gives you ways to like make this character your own, so it doesn't feel like you're 
you're just creating or just playing some uh, pre-made character. Um, So, you know, basically everything about PacPal, like to the details is up to you. Like uh, her motivation, um, what she looks like or whether it's a she or a he. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The one thing I mentioned uh, last episode was I thought it was a cool dynamic that she is kind of indifferent toward the God and it kind of plays upon that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, just her being picked to be the exigent was, it's a really cool story Mm -hmm. about the cult of the marionettes. They come and they see this, this, um, lady who's like very important. And, but she has like her own little history before she even exalts. She's kind of like this sneaky, sneaky person that comes from nowhere that, you know, through her own manipulation, she gets herself elevated in, in her social class. Mm-hmm. And, the uh, you know, um, Karana just falls in love with this idea and chooses her, which causes rifts within the cult of marionettes. And even some of them leave yeah. and, like, become sworn enemies because they hate what their God did, like choosing someone outside the flock. Right to be their representative and that creates so many cool story hooks and i I really like that um i I like the fact that it gives you these ideas the one thing that i found kind of difficult and i think it's just because of the the current form that the uh you know it's in a manuscript Mm -hmm. it's in a rough draft was the fact that she is an essence-based exalt, which at first I thought she was ability-based for yeah, some, or not ability, attribute-based. Yeah, yeah. But then when I started diving into her charms, I'm, I started getting lost. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at the architects and the sovereigns and Straw Maiden Janice, you can always look up to see the requirements and it's mm. like intelligence three. It's like, Oh, I'm in, I'm in the intelligence right. charms or melee five. Oh, I'm in the melee charms. But, not with the puppeteer. Mm-hmm. It's just like, where am I at? Oh, I'm on page 68 of 94, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or something like that. Like you have, you could get lost in, in the charm set. Yeah, it will be interesting to see right how, now. They, how they do that in the book because, and, and, and with the, um, you know, eventually when we get to Infernals also because they're essence-based. But yeah, like every well, every other book, when you're looking for a charm, like uh, one of our friends in our game used an investigation charm. He's a solar. He used an investigation charm uh, in our game this past week. And, uh, you know, you go to the charm chapter and you're flipping through and it's in order by, you know, it's alphabetical order by ability. And so it's like, oh, wait, no, I'm in the lore. No, nope, let's go back a couple. Of, ah, now I'm in investigation. There's the charm I'm looking for. So how do you do that in an essence based thing? I mean, I guess you go essence one, two, three, four, five. But other than that. It's going to be hard to find some of these things. Well, I mean, they do have like layer charms. Yeah, but they put that, they'll put uh, that know, heading I mean, like it on does page have a 10 heading. or, you know, whatever, yeah. page 200. They'll put the, the, the heading layer charm and then that section goes for five or six pages. And if you just flip to one of the ones in the middle, you won't know that you're in the layer charms unless you happen to. Yeah, you're really going to have to write out in that character sheet, you know, where that charm is located yeah. like, like, like you do. Yeah. Um, which 
it's, if you're not doing that, you're crazy. Yes, because right. <laughs> I know where my charms are, and I still like, oh, where, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, so, yeah. Yeah, this one's going to be uh, interesting to see in its final form. But yeah, that was the only. I don't want to say it's a complaint. It's just it was a tough hurdle because the Exalt is so unique, be, being essence based, that it, it the normal channels that your brain goes through to find charms yeah. is was was tough to navigate. Yeah. But other than that, the, this is a really cool Exalt. Yeah. You know, and you can make so many variations of this Exalt, sure. where that no two are the yeah, same. Yeah, I wanted to kind of. That, that's kind of what I was thinking just now was when you guys mentioned, I think in the last episode, when we were talking about Straw Maiden Janice and how it wasn't one singular, unique uh, exigent, but rather this is how you create an exigent of that kind of flavor. And then, mm-hmm. so I saw that in this one. I saw that intent for the first time reading it, reading it right. fresh. And... I just got to say, like, it's cool that I thought we were getting a book that had, like, here are five or six unique exigents and, like, everyone's playing the same one. And it's like, no, I want to make a horror puppet spider person. Mm -hmm. And, like, oh, I want to make one that's, like, set up north. And I want to make one that's set in the south. And I want to make one that's, like, really combat focused. And I want one that's really this. Dude, it's so awesome. It's so awesome. Yeah, I mean, it It really, I mean, you think about it, like, even, I mean, I know it's, like, kind of oddly specific, but, like, Pack Pal, Puppeteer, could be, like, we could have a whole book about it, you know, like, one yeah. whole splat book, and and where you could have a whole party of, of people who are, like, you know, spider puppet things. It just, it's so specific that it doesn't lend itself to that, you know, like, Dragon Blood with having all the different elemental things, you can kind of get very different or solars with all of their breadth of charms that you can you can you know kind of create so many different things if you have somebody that's going to be in this puppeteer thing they're going to look similar you know because everybody's using threads of essence and everybody's animating puppets and whatnot and that would be kind of weird to have a whole circle you know (laughs) where everybody was doing that but it's that same but it's that same breadth of content though like you get so many charms to choose from like you said you can make so many different characters it's just it's it's in a weird spot but it's so cool you know i'm blown away by the exodus book i I really am this is this has been one of the best books i think i've ever seen how many pages is it actually gonna be because i know that these with all the manuscripts are un they're unformatted uh, yeah. they're, they're, you know, it's not set well, in two columns or anything like that, but have, each one is like four 90, exalt types yeah, each and, one is like 94 pages. Yeah, and they're pages. like 100 pages each. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. crazy. So we're looking at 600 pages or so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, you got to think though, some of these charms, you know, there's like three charms on a page. And when you That's look true. at like, that is true. You, yeah. You look at a book like Lunar's, you know, whatever you like, how many charms are on one page, you know, but that like does mean. That does mean it's probably going to be, each one will be about a third as long in the actual book as they are now. But that's like, that's like 30 pages for this one puppeteer. That's insane. If it's not as, if the book is not as thick as the Lunar's book, I will be surprised. Like it should be, and and the Lunar's book is thicker than the Dragonblood book. So um, yeah, it's going to be a big one, I think. But let's move on to Architects. So... Eh. 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 does, it does have like a, you know, it's a hard follow, trying to follow the puppeteer with really anything, but following it with the architects is kind of like a little bit extra oomph. Uh, I will say that I would... I was actually really looking forward to the architects when they first started talking about them. I thought, ooh, that sounds cool. Each city can have its own kind of unique exalt uh, that, you know, fits the theme for the city and whatnot. And so I was actually, I was pretty excited about the possibilities for this thing. But I, and, and so I was completely not expecting the actual reaction that I had when reading the write-up, which is that I was completely unimpressed with them. I mean, just like completely unimpressed. Uh, and, and it really, it reminded me of the fact though, that there are like in our first season of the deliberative, we had a lot of people write into the show. A lot of people send us like character seeds and story seeds and all this kind of stuff. And we were like, we were constantly mentioning the fact that it's so cool that people, that there are so many different types of people out there. And some people play this game very differently than we do. You know, uh, all of the characters I make are like, how can they blow up a city? You know, like th- it's like power <laughs> and it's violence, and I'm, you know, and uh, and then like you, we get all these like character seed submissions where it's like, well, Sorry. my character's a pacifist, you know. <laughs> <laughs> blow up the city yeah oh man and, uh, if that and... isn't your core character design in a nutshell <laughs> yeah so uh i mean but, but there's there are people out there that just like you know they they're like well here's my idea and i'm like oh my gosh i never would have thought of that if you would have given me a million years to come up with different characters i would never have said Here's my character that doesn't like the fact that he's exalted and he wants to be a pacifist. <laughs> like that, like it's you know it's, it's not even the last thing on the list. It just never made the list. Like the list doesn't even know that that exists. Like the list of possible characters in my That's head. That's the opposite of blowing up a city. <laughs> yeah. Like what? How, are you not even able to take out a whole street? Like what's the, <laughs> Yeah. But um yeah, so uh and, and so when I'm reading the architects, I was thinking about those people. I was like, somebody out there really loves this, <laughs> and that is just not me. And uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, so so since I'm saying that to begin with, I mean, I did have some charms that I wrote down that I thought were cool that that they had, but because that was my reaction, and my reaction was a pretty negative one, I know that Jim had a different reaction, and so I I think it'd be good, Jim. Why don't you tell us? what you felt about the architect. Well, I was going to let both of you negative Nancys go first. So uh, <laughs> let's let Charles, Charles go. Charles going to add your I'll, stank I'll, onto my point. Well, I don't think I'm... I never want to say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I had quite the visceral reaction Corey did, but, you know, I remember reading this in the in the core rulebook. Uh, maybe they weren't... Was it an architect in the core yeah. rulebook? Yeah, there yeah was Okay, one. yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking then, meh, like <laughs> I, I, I got why it would be cool, but I don't know. Like, I, I feel like this kind of character, it, it, the second you leave the city that you're tied to, it's like, okay, well, there goes the effect, like most of the effectiveness of your character. So it's great if you're going to play in one, like, our entire campaign is going to take place in Great Forks or some, you know, lost civilization in the East or some barren nomadic empire in the, 
in the north or something like that. Right. I I, I don't know. It feels like one of those ones where it's like you're you're not going to play this character in a story where you travel around a lot, and that's the kind of stuff that I like. Right. So like foundationally, it doesn't really do it for me. But also, like Corey said, there are really cool there are really cool charms. The one that stuck out to me the most was this like random appearance charm, which I've always really struggled with, like appearance and resolve. And you've always struggled with your appearance. Into, I have. I'm so sorry. Thank you for putting it on the internet for forever. <laughs> That's just this is part of my shared story now for everyone what? to know. I did no, invite like, you to put your stank on my stank a minute ago. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, but like some of some of the uh, some of the attributes and abilities, it's a little hard to figure out. Like, what what are charms for that actually going to look like? You know, right? And right. this one that's called crowd panicking intensity. You basically just make a role to threaten everyone around you with no mm-hmm. penalties for multiple people, which I thought mm-hmm. was pretty interesting. And then they just run in fear. Yeah. And you can you can just immediately break the will of a battle group. It's mm-hmm. like you know, get get away. Like, oh okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, they definitely have some cool charms. Um since you mentioned one, I'll just go ahead and mention a couple of the ones that I like before Jim goes on his love fest here. But um, the love uh, fest. We <laughs> <laughs> put my snake back on your snake. Yeah. Here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is this really happening right now? Uh, but uh, yeah, so I I actually felt like this charm set like uh, you know we talked about I talked about earlier how I thought the puppeteer like every charm was designed from the top down. I feel like every charm in the architect set was designed from the bottom up, from from the mechanics first, and then trying to tie it into a city theme somehow, because that's just what they seemed like. It seemed like everything was sort of like mostly just simple mechanical effects rather than, you know, really cool effects. But uh, but some cool effects that I did see, uh, Pave the Way and Road Shepherding Sojourn are both really cool. Uh, they essentially allow you to like leave paved roads wherever you travel you travel a little slower but like you're actually paving a road behind you which uh, i thought that was extremely cool uh there's there's some neat stuff you know the stuff that does tie into the flavor of the city thing you know walls have eyes technique is pretty neat where you can project your senses into like a you know a, a wall in a building in a city and that kind of stuff uh golem raising invocation that was pretty neat, you know, the ability to raise up kind of these automaton defenses and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it that uh, you know, one of the other kind of wonky things was the way that the anima powers worked in this one because because you you pick foundation attributes because this is an attribute uh, flavored exalt or it uses it uses attributes as its basis. Uh, you you're choosing attributes that kind of match the feel of your city to be your foundation attributes they're kind of like your class attributes or whatever and because of you're kind of designing the city and you're designing the exalt that goes around it you, you're really like picking three is is kind of how it works out like pick three right well the anima abilities 
are tied to the different foundation attributes that you pick. And they did spread around pretty liberally within the different attribute, the anima powers that they set up. You know, some of them, it's like the pay five motes to do this one thing type of anima power. Some of them are the this is always active kind of anima power. And some of them are the once per day you can do this thing kind of anima power. But the weird thing about architects is you can actually pick three foundation attributes that all have the same style anima power. So you can have three pay five to do X anima powers, which is just very weird to me. It's very weird that you could like tilt your anima abilities to that degree to where they're all doing like essentially the same thing that, that that would make you very different than like all other exalts, which have a little bit more of variety. So I thought that was kind of wonky. I'm not terribly sure how to fix that. Like if you put me in charge of fixing that, uh, I wouldn't really know how best to do it, which is probably why it ended up the way that it did. But, um, anywho, it's just strange. They're just kind of strange, but Jim, you liked them. So tell us why we're wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually excited to hear it. Well, I mean, I actually, I, I found these exalts very interesting. First of all, they're not the product of a single god. It's like there's a god of like all cities combines the spark with like the god of a particular city. Mm -hmm. So it's like a combination exalt. Mm -hmm. So when you're designing your exalt, you could basically... Not, not only just design your character, you can design a city to go with it, or you could choose a city that already exists. And it gives you, like, like you get to pick your uh, foundational attributes. You get three of those. So it gives you, like, an idea of, like, well, what's going on in your city? Is your city full of actors? Is your city full of athletes, skilled labor? Crime. And yeah. based on that, it would help you decide what kind of foundation attributes would fit that character. Mm -hmm. So I like that because this exalt feels like it has the most freedom. Like if you, if you play pack pal, you're going to be playing with puppets. I mean, there's no getting around that. I mean, yeah, with the architects, you're going to be in a city, but uh, I think y'all, y'all think that you have to be in your home city. No, there's actually a word called metropolis, which these things do different. These charms do different things in any city right. it yeah. doesn't have to just be your home right. city so um we play the i mean creation's so big that we play these games that tend to like well let's go traveling for 20 days and have 20 days of downtime mm. and blah 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 but we we haven't done like a like you know we talk about the city of great forks mm -hmm. this thing is huge mm -hmm. there's so much we could do and never leave that city. Right. So it would make sense to have an exalt that is just part of the city. Right. And e even though these guys are, um, they are terrestrial exalts, you can actually choose. They have these two new merits, um, which will, one merit allows you to ascend to celestial style martial yeah. arts. And, and, and one allows you to, ascend to celestial style sorcery but, well, but only there's, if a, your there's city. a give and take yeah there. only if your city has a lot like is known for martial arts or only if well, your I city mean, is known is for that like difficult no I, I mean i just think that that's really cool <laughs> that they tied the extra 
like the extra right, oomph right. in those different categories. And basically, you city. get martial arts for free. You just have to give up one of your foundational attributes, which, you know, for me, if it's not strength or dexterity, who the heck wants it? Um, <laughs> unless it's stamina. stamina yeah. uh, <laughs> but it's just a cool way to give a little more oomph to your exile. Yeah. Like, you know, now... You, I mean, they do say you can't do sidereal martial arts, which, <laughs> come on, you're going to break the game, and you would have to be from Yushan. What sidereal uh, martial arts? I haven't seen any in this edition. <laughs> Maybe we'll see them <laughs> oh, one day. Oh, we're going to see them one day. But uh, also, the exalt gets, you know, you get a couple of free excellencies, and some of these charms are just really cool, like the mobility charms, mm -hmm. like the fact that you can walk through one door and pop out in a, in a door anywhere in the city, yeah. and then it upgrades to where you can walk through one door and pop out a door different in a city. completely yeah. different city. <laughs> That's that cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the perception charms, like, you know, you, your, your feet are on the pavement, and you're basically reaching out through the foundations of the city. Like, you're hunting someone down. Like, well, we got to catch them. Yeah. Like, no, 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 give me a second. And, like, the stones and the bricks are telling you, like, they're, they're way over here. And then you can have the bricks fall upon them or raise a stone wall right in front of them to stop them. Or, or you could shift the city streets as they're running and you, like, make them circle right back to you. You don't even have to go after them. Yeah. Like, it's kind of that thing where uh, you know that you walk in one door and you pop out the door the the door on the opposite side of the same room. Right. That would just be so cool to like do that to somebody. So I think they're cool because there's there's a feel of of individuality. Yeah. You can design them the way you want based on the city and and the fact that you can have them resonate with certain types of uh, materials yeah. based on the city. Chiroscuring glass and it gives you a is the coolest yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. The, the glass, the uh, city of gym is adamant. Oh, yeah. What is that? Yeah. So yeah. look shy, white jade, and, 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 you know, just, but you could come up with your own city and come up with your, your own f flavor and feel. And one thing we didn't mention uh, when we were talking about the puppeteer, and I'm going to mention that here, is when uh, an architect dies, it's it. It's over. Yeah. There's the the, the spark is gone. Yeah. But with the puppeteer, it returns back. Yeah. It's like to the god. That she, yeah. That he can give. To and that kind of gives you those story hooks with that character. Like you know, someone wants to assassinate the puppeteer or the not, yeah the 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 puppeteer to be the next in line to get that exit yeah. uh, the exaltation. Yeah, that's a cool. But here. It's over. It's done. Yeah. Which I thought Charles kind of liked that, uh, like the the one and done kind of exalt yeah, thing. Like, I, I I think he yeah, I, that. like that. I I do kind of like that. I also just thought that's I thought that was the default assumption too, though. No, nah, it's it's. It, I don't think there is a default. I think it's all just like yeah. you know design your own. But but you know it is cool that they also they don't age uh, while they're in their city. Yeah, that's cool so too. So you can so just why last forever as long as you just yeah, <laughs> stay in the city. But, but it's, uh, it is interesting. I think these are the only ones who don't have a long lifespan, unless they live in their city. And I think it's right, that's, right, right. That's why you know. So if you stay in your city, you live forever. 
You know, you're the old guy in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade who's just camped out by the... Could you imagine the boringness of his existence? You chose poorly. <laughs> I chose poorly sitting yeah. here. I mean, goodness, I've been here for hundreds of years. Yeah. You might think that's a good thing, but all I've been... I'm just playing cups. Yeah, I, it's weird. I, I don't know. So, um... <laughs> I mean, you kind of won me over with it, Jeff. I, I do think that they're cool. And and you know what? In any other game, in any other game, they would be the coolest people in the whole game, right? Like if you had a if you had one of these architects in a Call of Cthulhu game, or if you had one of these architects in a in a Dungeons and Dragons game, they'd be the coolest character there. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess the thing that I'm seeing is it's like in an exalted game, though. <laughs> like they're up they're up against Puppet Lady, and. <laughs> People who whose anima is like the aurora borealis and who can create things out of fire glass, you know, and uh, and so it just you know they fall between, especially in like these these manuscript previews and whatever they fall between two ridiculously cool exalt types, you know, and so well. I'm going to pick on Charles again. He did at one time say that one of the cool spells he loved was being able to summon a, like a fortress or a structure. Yeah. Well, this person, this is the exalt that is in a living structure. Yeah. Like they have total command of their city. So, which so you changed my cool. mind because I thought, I thought this stuff really only worked in your home city. So if this works, no, yeah, if this no. works in any city, then I, you're Doctor Strange. Kind of. I mean, it's not like you're powerless when you're in between cities. You're just so much more powerful when you are in yeah, a city. Yeah, right. so I yeah. take it back. I think that's super cool. I, I just misunderstood. I thought this stuff was mostly tied to just your home city. Yeah. So chalk I mean, this up up to... Charles can't read good. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're cool. If if you like, if you tell me, hey, we're getting ready to play a new game. Exigence are on the table. You can do whatever you want to. I'm still not picking. I'm still not picking architects. I'm gonna be our next type, which is oh, think about how cool of an antagonist it would be. Yeah, th- it would this would be a, cool be a antagonist. great antagonist. Yeah. Like you go to a city and this guy is just playing with your emotions. Yeah. Like you can't even get out of this room until you know he's done toying with yeah. you. Yeah, he would make a good he would make a good antagonist. But the next type, let's go on to the next type because they are they're amazing. I, I absolutely have just fallen in love with these sovereigns. This 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 you know I said that that the puppeteer is like my favorite exalt type of all time. But I had to say that because that represented my feeling at the time that I was reading the puppeteer chapter. And then we got the sovereigns chapter, which I knew I was going to be, you know, I was looking forward to reading it with all of the stuff that was like previewed along the way or whatever. But what we actually got was so much cooler than my, than what I had imagined. I was blown away by these guys. Uh, Charles, what did you think of? Yeah, these, uh, these of guys the were cool. I, I didn't know what to think of them going in because, you know, the they have the picture of that one sovereign dude at the bottom of the stretch mm. goals. And he's been mm. there for, like, forever, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and he looked neat, but, I like, I didn't know... Like, you look at the puppeteer and you're like, okay, it's going to have something to do with, like, puppets or whatever. But you look at this guy 
and you're like, I don't know. I, I like I have no idea what what these are gonna feel like. Right. Uh, they're pretty cool, and you know I'll, I'll talk about something not to steal y'all's talking thunder. Um, talking thunder I, again. I, I kind of flipped to the integrity charms because mm-hmm. I I just like what are what are integrity charms? I've just never really understood them. It seems like such an abstract thing to build charms around and holy crap these ones uh these ones were awesome uh, and i wish i had the book open to the right page as i'm speaking but there's one called uh bloodstone bloodstone radiance and mm-hmm. oh yes i remember that one yeah and yeah you basically just explode and create an unhospitable environment yeah which I know from experience, one of the only ways that you can really hurt an, an exalt like pretty, uh, pretty consistently is with an environmental hazard. Uh, th- it is very hard to to stand in an environmental hazard for very long without getting actual damage to your character. So, uh, anytime you see something that creates environmental damage like that, it's it's dangerous. So yeah, I thought that was a very cool charm too. Yeah, just this idea of like going supernova and ruining the ground around you and like having lava or whatever just exploding violently up out of the destroyed landscape. Right. Oh my goodness. I, yeah, I don't know how that it's fits into integrity, but if that's what integrity charms do, uh, well, sign me up. <laughs> remember that these uh what they're doing with exigence was they picked like you know they, they were intentionally picking like only like five abilities or so and trying to base most of the charm set off of those you know in kind of interesting ways that like kind of bend the the definition of those abilities in some ways kind of kind of like with star mate or star star awesome. <laughs> Yeah, Star Maiden. Oh, that was, okay. Got a lightsaber side. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, you had some melee feel charms in, in the, the athletics. athletics, and it's because she didn't yeah. have any melee. Like she, like they didn't do melee charms for her. They uh. did this one big thing about athletics, and then they tied in a lot of things that sort of fit with athletics. You know. So that's sort of what they're doing with the integrity charms there. Okay. Integrity I charms see. normally are used for, you know, building up your resolve and other kinds of like social defense kind of things or protecting yeah, you from the wild. Yeah, usually they aren't interesting, which is why you don't Well, they can be interesting <laughs> if you're like if you know, uh, the whole wild protection aspect of it and like creating things out of wild energy and whatever like that usually goes in in the uh, integrity charm. So there's some cool stuff there. Um, you know. My moon silver tattoos protect me from the wild. <laughs> <laughs> the sovereigns have a lot of wild protection stuff, by the way. It's yeah, kind of sprinkled through. Well, they're out there on the edge of creation, right? Can they create so, their own war strider? Am I reading this right? Conquering oh, anima yeah. titan. <laughs> well, it's like a yeah, it's like a giant war strider. Yeah, it's it's, dude. The sovereigns are insane. I mean, like what? they're they have some amazing stuff but I, I just want let me let me go back to the to the, to the beginning of my complete geek out here okay. about the sovereigns. I'll allow it okay <laughs> I won't allow it because it's gonna say yeah. everything I'm no, gonna I'll try, say, I'll try not ahead. to say everything that you're gonna say but okay so <laughs> y'all know what my favorite thing about role playing is and that is dice. destroying cities destroying cities is up there but I love I thought it was dice th- what's that 
the dice dice <laughs> dice yeah, i do love dice uh but but like my because without dice it's you, just pretend it's just play and pretend like charles does with his friends <laughs> okay but <well>. uh, <laughs> but yeah my so i mean it's i made no secret of it my favorite thing ever is the immovable rod effect right like having oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. having something <laughs> that is like a toolbox that gives you so many things that you can use your imagination to you know you just your imagination becomes this like plethora of things that you can then use to, to solve problems and stuff like that. That's what I love. Right. So you got an immovable rod, you can use it to do anything. Stop a train, uh, create a a ladder, hang your hammock in midair, you know, hold the toilet lid down. I mean, there's like all kinds of things that you could do with just like, well, yeah. If you don't want the cat getting in there, uh, drinking the season toilet water. Uh, uh, <laughs> Why did you call it seasoned? One of our friends used that word like years ago. They were talking about their children eating toilet paper out of the toilet. Like if people didn't flush it, they were like, and they're like, oh, some gross. of it, they're like, sometimes it's even seasoned. And we're like, seasoned? Yeah, so <laughs> that's, been a, that's been a word in my vocabulary ever since. But, uh, but anyway. So I love this idea of having something that just becomes a toolbox for your imagination. And the sovereigns have this, like, it's, it's like the main part of their kit in like their first anima ability is that you can create things out of fire glass, freaking fire glass. Okay. So this is like, I mean, it's, I, I I'm thinking of like the blown glass at the Renaissance festival, you know, how it gets hot and it's just, and then it, of course it cools into these cool, you know, Uh, awesome looking glass things but you have to imagine that these people are exalts kind of primarily of the dead god aurora who like literally was the aurora so the sheets of colored light in the sky right so their their anima and everything is like aurora off the charts in fact these guys can go one level beyond bonfire anima to this resplendent anima that's like all about the auroral display okay there is nothing cooler in this world than the aurora i mean it i have never seen it with my own eyes i it's like one of the things on my bucket list that i must do i need to get somewhere where I can just sit and watch the Aurora for hours. I want to so badly. I had a trip planned when I worked for UPS. I was going to ride jump seat in one of my MD-11s and uh, fly to Alaska and just hang out and watch the Aurora. And then that trip got canceled. I ended up getting another job and moving somewhere else. So, But anyway, I I, I love this idea. But but so, so back to the fire glass. This glass stuff that they can create things out of, it's not just glass. It's aurora colored fire glass you know i imagine just like shimmering colors and maybe even like a like a glow or a sheen to it as you're like you know sitting down to dinner and reach over and just craft spoons and forks and knives out of fire glass while you're eating you know and and and, you know you just hand a little toy bird to a kid on a street that's made out of this auroral glass you know so don't poke yourself on the (laughs) Then, like, you know, at the end of the scene or whatever, it just crumbles into dust and the kid's crying. Yeah, it's a perfect way to disappoint children. But anyway, it's, uh, I mean, <laughs> these guys are, these guys are so stinking 
amazing and a lot of their charms and everything are even built on that anima idea like how strong their anima is because the anima you know and, and you think about how thematic this is right the anima this display of light around a person and the fact that they're exalted of aurora it's it makes so much sense like it's so elegant how they have tied these ideas together it just it always impresses me with the genius of the exalted designers that like they see these things and they just make these connections and it's so so cool so a lot of their charms are built on which how like what their animal level is at they spend animal levels it just it evokes the fiction so well but also and and i'm very excited about this this is the first and, you know jim you mentioned adamant when you were talking about the architects and the one of jim uh the architect of jim have an ad- adamant as their uh, magical material yeah. but like adamant is reintroduced in this chapter uh with like a write-up of what its magical material is and it is this like you know harder than diamond or better than diamond it's the it is to diamond what gold is to or calcum or what moon silver is to silver and um and i mean it's 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 a what to me it's a throwback to alchemicals which the alchemicals book in second edition was my favorite book of all second edition and there were six alchemical casts and one of those casts was adamant and the girl that was the uh the the sort of iconic adamant cast character in the book always had no clothes on and her her uh interesting bits were usually covered in adamant and so i have a very very strong (laughs) connection to adamant i love it and uh these guys they they are actually like resonant with all of the magical materials except adamant they have to take a charm to become resonant with adamant but they're resonant with all the other magical materials which is just really really cool and uh i i and then the charms uh the charms are so amazing charles has already mentioned one of the awesome ones the the the, the titan one i didn't mean to uh, i'm th- sorry I didn't no no that's to. good that, that's absolutely good. i mean th- there's there's some really good ones here i'll talk some more about the charms in just a minute jim why don't you tell me what you feel about the sovereigns well, so what I like about the the sovereigns is just the uniqueness of their exaltation. So they have this really cool story that during, I guess, the first the the war against the gods, uh, or the, against the ancients slash primordials, right. um, the Aurora God died. Mm-hmm. Like he died, and his blood, like just settled into this pool yeah and then there's this and and also it goes into you know we get a little sneak peek at the stuff we're getting later this week um the heart eaters yeah which are also related to which were original uh exalts of aurora before he was slain so then they, they they go into this story about this gem god who was like a little nothing God. And then all of a sudden got a big following. And then he got a spark of exigence and went to the pool of blood of the fallen Aurora that was still there Mm -hmm. and tried to merge himself. And he ended up getting like destroyed, but it, it created this pool. And there's this group of people, these, this Royal family, that guards this this pool and some of them are allowed to go into this pool and sometimes they come out as exalted sometimes they come out as like 
dried up husk of people and just wither away and die. And sometimes they're just destroyed yeah, all just outright. Don't even come out. Yeah. But the thing I like about this is when, when the book of exigence was coming out, I, I, I could wrap my head around like, okay, there's this lesser known God that I can make up or choose from a list and design an exigent exalt type from that God. Mm-hmm. But this one here is just so different. Mm-hmm. Like, even even the idea of like two gods combining their essence to create something so you get a blend of both gods that was kind of cool mm-hmm. but this one is like we're combining a dead god that no longer exists and this random gym god <laughs> and you get this like these people that have like these bright shining aurora combined with like the the reflection qualities of a gym which makes like for this really cool thing. And the thing I like about the sovereigns is it's, it's standalone game. Yeah. Like you can like get a group of four people. They all design sovereigns. They can go down different paths of charms yeah. and creation types. But then, you know, it's always hard to piece together people and find like the central goal that drives them all. Mm-hmm. Well, here it, the the central goal is already yeah, it's already been given. To you me. know, here, yeah. yeah, we're fighting the Fey or we're fighting against people that want to come in and invade and get the the uh, the pool, or what was called the fount the fount of glories. Yeah. So, or we're all kind of secretly like trying to one up each other to try to find out who's going to be the next ruler of the sovereigns because the ruler is dead. So they give you these really cool story hooks to kind of like just draw you into it. And then like the, the land mass or the the area they operate in is going to be full more fleshed out and across the eight directions. So I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah. So yeah, and and one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite charms, is, it's all about the fire glass. You know, the charms that allow you to create fire glass armor, mm. and like and stuff like that is just really cool. And you know, you've mentioned this too, the fact that a lot of their charms are tied to their anima and what level their anima is mm-hmm. at, and the fact that they can go above bonfire, mm-hmm. like. It almost makes you think: Was Aurora more powerful than the Unconquered Sun in a certain way? Well, they way. did say that Aurora was like on the level, almost yeah. with the Unconquered Sun, which is wild. You know, we have another. Here's another Celestial Incarna you didn't even know existed, and now you do so know. So it existed. just makes it, it makes the mind wonder. Yeah. You know, if if the Unconquered Sun died, and Aurora survived, yeah, what would the world have would like? the Solars be something yeah. else? Would it be totally different? Yeah. That's an optional uh, thing you can do. Optional. So I know optional we're, we're all about optional stuff, <laughs> <laughs> which we will be getting into next episode. Yeah. But I mean, the <laughs> the, uh, the uh, imagination fuel uh, with this one is just like off the charts. Like, you know, they it's a it's a whole different kind of exalt than than we've really ever had. It's the story is so weird, and and just using that then is like, oh, I can do that. I, I would like you said, you know, I just thought it was you just took a, a, a relatively unknown God and made an made an exigent out of him. But I, I can do this like it, you know, it just opens up a lot more doors into, you know, new possible futures or whatever. So and uh, we also mentioned the thing about the, the longevity and the death of an exile mm-hmm. or an exigent. 
I guess I'm using those words interchangeable. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this one. There's no there's no limit right. known on how many exalts can come out of this fount of glory. Yeah, it seems unlimited. Like, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> how cool. How absolutely cool. Well, back to some of the some of their amazing charms. Uh, some of the ones that I just as I went down, I was I wrote them down. I was like, oh, this is cool. I loved uh, eyes like facets trance. That one was really cool. Where you could, um, it's it's almost like creating a, a a camera, like a webcam or something, where you put this gem in one place and then it can transmit images and sounds to you. But then you could also, but you have to kind of stay within range. It would be like. I guess that one would be like creating a, a camera that has a, you know, Wi-Fi connection to a receiving device somewhere. But then they have another one where you could just put like a, this gem down and it records everything no matter where you're at. And you come back later and collect it. And essentially, you know, you can you can watch what it recorded off of its like SD card or whatever. So I, mean, I thought that was just really cool, like a way to to get in some kind of high tech surveillance almost kind of stuff. Uh, using this fire glass and using these this uh, interesting exalt type, so I thought that was really cool. Even though that's kind of low powered and not blowing up a city, but uh, but then also <laughs> there were they they have this ability and it's like kind of at the root of a lot of their charms to create eidolons. And again, more more imagination fuel for other types of things you can create. These guys can can like create like terracotta warriors essentially made out of. Uh, uh, aurora colored glass and at first they're just like little servant things they can help you research stuff or they can you know sort of guard a door or whatever but then like but then you can get more charms in that tree to to like really specialize them into like really formidable warriors or really awesome cooks or what you know like they can they could take on a lot of these different roles and then you like it just starts to go even more and more powerful from there so creating the eidolons is like a big part of their kit and they are super cool a lot of people have been talking about those online but then they also i just i have to mention because i'm a huge attack on titan fan i know i mentioned a lot of animes on here but guys here we go watching attack if you're not watching Attack on Titan, you are doing it wrong, okay? Attack on Titan is absolutely phenomenal and I I I mean the 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 inspiration for some of these charms is so clearly attached to Attack on Titan. And of course the one that Charles mentioned uh you know where you create this like uh, massive Titan war strider. I mean it even has Titan in the name. That's a definite nod. But then also the there's one called Diamond Gigantes Labors. <laughs> and uh, which is like maybe the weirdest charm name they've ever Yeah, that's so strange. <laughs> like why Gigantes? Am I even saying that right? Almost certainly not. What pa- wait, I mean, what page is it on? Yeah, I didn't write down the page number, okay. but, uh, but yeah, but Diamond Gigantes, it's like a, there's like a Spanish word in the middle of it there, it just seems, it seems really weird, but, uh, but what this charm does is, it creates this massive, again, kind of like the, the, uh, the Warstrider Titan looking thing, it creates this like legendary size Eidolon that can do a level 10 feet of strength holy crap and then crystallize into like a position once it's done its massive feet of strength so they mention in the charm like it could it could hold a pillar up that was falling down in a temple and then it would like crystallize there well that i mean not to spoil some later stuff in attack on titan but 
that happens a lot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's very, very cool. And I mean, think of, I, I thought about, you know, they, they mentioned the holding up a, a pillar, but the thing, the first thing I thought of was, I want you to pick up my house, hold it high in the air and then crystallize into a giant crystalline statue under my house. So my house <laughs> is way up there in the air. I mean, that would just be so cool. And again, not to try to spoil too much from Attack on Titan, but imagine if you did this a whole bunch of times. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you could do some amazing things with this one. And uh, anyway, uh, yeah. It's uh, it, it, all the kit. All the charm kit for these guys is awesome. I love how so many of their charms are like crafting. It goes back to that fire glass creation thing. But like craft seems to be like their main thing that they do because they do it so effortlessly so charles i figured you you know being loving the crafting or whatever i, I mean these guys crafting yeah they're some of their charm costs are crafting experience points yeah in fact that yeah, one yeah says, i saw that too the, the one you're just talking about said this charm can only be used once per story unless reset by spending five white points oh i guess that yeah. isn't the same as requiring it but like that's certainly yeah, not, an alternate cost if you want to use it more than once. Yeah. Yeah. But there, a lot of them do actually require it as a cost. But anyway, I mean, how cool is that, though? Uh, giving an outlet for these um, silver, gold, white ex- uh, crafting experience. I mean, why not? You, you're, you're tracking them. So why not use them in more charms? It gives me ideas for like, man, yeah, they should have done more of that even with the... Uh, even with the solar charm set, we should have seen a lot of charms in there that actually use silver, gold, and white experience oh my points gosh. as, as every charms. Every work a glory one is insane. What does it do? It, okay, so it, first off, it costs 10 motes of willpower and one gold experience. So just like you okay. said, it requires a little bit. You right. double nines on a craft roll. Each die that shows a double success awards a silver point. And tens mm-hmm. award a gold point instead, which is crazy to just yeah. like anything that just gives you gold points is super right. powerful. Right. These awards are doubled if she's rolling to create an adamant artifact or to create a mm. gift or bribe with irresistible amethyst tribute. I, yeah. Oh gosh. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm speechless. Like, yeah, it's they, just they have some really cool stuff. You know, and one thing, we mentioned it, uh, I think, before we started recording this morning, because I was kind of geeking out on the Sovereigns already before we even hit the record button. But uh, they have, one of their charms allows them to create a fire glass, uh, like, amulet or talisman, where they can get get a teacher to help them, like, learn, like, one celestial circle spell. And they, they, like, harden it into this, like, talisman thing. And then they can cast it out of the talisman, but each time they do, they gain a point of limit. <laughs> so I was like, "What?" I mean, I was. Oh, it's so cool. Every everything is so evocative. I just love how much, like you're just you're living in this fantasy with these, you know, all of these different charms. Like they are so flavorful. Unlike those uh, architect charms, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I mean they're. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jim, you did mention a whole lot of cool, flavorful architect charms. But, he but, changed uh, both I don't know. of our minds on them. You I did. You, you did know. change our minds. Yeah, that's right. So, Yay, I won. Yeah. <laughs> I'm winning. I'm winning. You know, and winning. that's that, that uh, talisman one is another great example of how 
this book is going to give us a lot more ways to like pay for stuff. So like, yeah, yeah you could just cast a spell, but you gain a point of limit every time you do it. Yeah. Like uh, now Vance did Vance did say that, that that should be like extremely, extremely rare to pay for things in limit. Uh, he said that on one of the podcasts yeah. that they did. And I, and I agree, you know, you don't want to just like, you don't want something really cool that you want to spend limit on all the time because you just don't want your characters going off in limit break. But like here's the thing. Games. How often in all of our games have we gained limit also? Well, so the, I mean, the idea of something that kind of like, yeah, limit break is bad, obviously, but it's also yeah, arguably one of the most dramatic things that can happen oh, yeah. too. So yeah. anything that helps get you to one of those dramatic points, I think is a great idea. I, I do too, but but it, this might be a little too much. Like if you had a charm that you used all the time, you know, like give me two extra successes on my attack roll, cost you a point of limit. I mean, that dude's gonna right. He's gonna be going limit break like all the time. So you, so it has to be ultra rare if it's used. I think this one is very good. Yeah, you, know, you don't cast a celestial circle spell. Yeah, very exactly. Often. Exactly. So it's it so, kind of fits the thing. You know, Jim actually uh, he hit a limit trigger yesterday in our game. And and so he rolled three dice for limit. Rolled a one, a two, and a two. I'm like, heck yeah! Come on, <laughs> I do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna jump jump back since we uh, we we hop topic to topic real quick. Okay. Sometimes, um, mentioning about you know wanting you guys over with the with the architects. That's something I've noticed that we've we've done to each other a couple of times yeah. when we do these deep dives, yeah. like. I think there have been uh, several times where Charles has a bunch of stuff listed and then Corey comes in and like talks it up. And then Charles is like, well, I think I changed my mind on everything now (laughs) because these actually sound kind of (laughs) cool. So when we actually have the opportunity to talk through some of the – because we all see things differently. And uh, like when you were like – Oh, the architects. It's going to be so hard to talk about the architects. That's actually like, I was like, well, challenge. Screw the other guys. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go look at the architects first. Right, yeah. And I was like, these guys are great. Yeah. No, you, so, you make a really good point. And, that, and that's one reason why, you know, I think shows like the, our show are are so good for the community because the, you know we are just kind of diving in with our our thinking and like you said some people see things differently and if one person's imagination is really fired up by something that another person just didn't catch the spark when they read it by by being close to that flame of the person who is really on fire for the thing it, it can ignite everybody else i'm using that flame metaphor too much aren't i but uh <laughs> it can ignite your excitement about it so that's really what we hope to do right. here. Somebody out there in Radio Land or in you know listening to this podcast, uh, send us send us your reason why the the wallpaper is really good. I want to hear that. <laughs> you know, but, I'm going to uh, go on record and say that there's. <laughs> I'm almost positive there's nothing that will change my mind on that. Topic. <laughs> well, if, well, I, if they I were like, well, actually, we're we done did talking about wallpapers. <laughs> we, like, we did design a really awesome wallpaper this time. It's not the image from the from the screen oh okay well that i'll take that well the message machine light is blinking this week and so we want to hear we we have a message from a listener that thing still works (laughs) yeah hello hello yeah (laughs) 
Hey guys, this is Mike, a uh, big fan of yours since your first run. I wanted to throw in my uh, two cents about exigence. I've skimmed over some of the uh, manuscripts so far, and I have to say I'm really enjoying the uh, character creation and even the charm creation chapter, which is something that I think we have all really wanted something that verbose since first edition, if I'm being absolutely honest. But what I'm really excited to see are the new types of Exalted, the apocryphal or the quote-unquote optional Exalted, the, uh, the Heart Eaters, the Umbral Exalted, and the Dream Sold. What do you guys think about the new Exalted types that are coming up in Exigence? Talk to you guys later. See you on the next show. All right. Well, thanks for calling in, Mike. Uh, that... Yeah, we are all very excited about these different exalt types, uh, especially these, you know. So excited we're going to do a yeah. whole show now. <laughs> you might even say we're doing it right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's so surreal. Yeah, but no, I mean, the uh, you know, he's, he's mentioning the optional types and being excited about those. I'm very excited about them, too. Of course, we know they're not going to have the the kind of write-up and work that's being put into the other well, four. I think I like them more because they're optional. It's like, I'm going to make us play with these, and they're going to be part of the canon. <laughs> they, yes, they are required optional. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, you know, Mike, he uh, he he mentions at the, the beginning of his message he's, that he's been a longtime listener, and uh, he actually did send in, back when we used to do character seeds and whatnot, he, he actually sent in a really cool character seed that was like, a childhood friend for one of the characters that I had done a character seed for uh, the my mendicant phoenix and he had sent in this person who was like uh, you know part of his early life even had a crush on him or whatever so yeah Mike, Mike's been around for a long time thank you Mike for sending your comment and we're glad you're enjoying exigence and uh, we look forward to our next episode where we will be deal you know we'll be digging into those optional exalt types because the next thing they're going to release this Tuesday is the appendix for the book, which includes those things. And so I'm, I, you know, I'm excited to see what else is in the appendix. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of yeah. feel like it's going to be more than just those three things that were mentioned. So uh, I'm always looking forward to the other, you know, kind of things that are in the periphery there. So let's let's see what's going on there, and we'll we'll have a good time talking about that. You next know, time. you but, said you said appendix, and I confused that with index, and I was like. Really? It's just going to be a list of, like, just, here's just a list of things. That's a really lame-last <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny that the optional exalts are in the appendix, because the appendix is kind of an optional organ in your Double body. optional. That, <laughs> I mean, if it was optional, God wouldn't have put it there. It means something. It's, 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 it's where our superpowers are supposed to be housed. It's where all your creativity is housed. <laughs> right in the spleen. <laughs> uh, hey, but we do, we do have a new, uh, we've got a new development for you this week. Speaking of the message machine, you may now call into the show via a phone number. That's right. Phone Ooh. lines are now open. Call the Deliberative Podcast at 678. International rates may apply. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They might. But the number is 678-369-1041. So call in 
at 678-369-1041. And let me tell you what I did. I went ahead and just put that number in my uh, in my contacts list as the deliberative podcast. So put that number, again, the number is three, sorry, I'm about to say it wrong. That number is 678-369-1041. All it is is just a, it is an internet answering machine. So it's not, you're not calling my personal number or anything like that. Although if, if you, you do want to, his number is 678. No. <laughs> <laughs> so if you call it. All right, ne- next week's challenge is come up with a jingle, including the yeah. number. So that Oh we yeah. Can... <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, I did pick the number. Uh, it, it's 10-4. Like it's 1041, so like 104 is nice. in there. I thought that would make it easier to remember. And of course, it's got a 69 in the first number. So, nice. you know, 678 369 1041. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, call that number. It's just like a simple message that says, Hi, thanks for calling the Deliberative Podcast. Leave your awesome message. We'll put you on the show. Right. So, that's, that's all you're going to get. And then it's just beep. And then you leave your message. And uh, so, anyway, do that. New way for you people who don't know how to work your voice recorders to call in. Keep the message to about a minute or two. Yeah, yeah. If you if you go longer, we'll trim you down. Like Mike's message was was quite a bit longer. We have to, we trim it down for the show because you know we like to hear ourselves talk more than you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there are many reasons why we would trim down, but not just because we want to hear ourselves talk. But that probably well, because is we can't do a show under 90 minutes. Is yeah, one no, of we them. can't. Yeah, we just can't. <laughs> but uh, but you may also still send your your messages to the deliberative podcast at gmail.com if you want to just use your voice recorder and then you know hit the share button email the delivered podcast at gmail.com boom we'll get it that way too but if you want if you want to call in i just thought that was cool phone lines are now open you know <laughs> it sounds cool to be able to just call a number and leave a message so uh anywho that will just about do it for this week i hope to get some calls this week y'all give us a give us a ring And uh, we will catch you guys on the next one. So thanks for listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Now go forth and bring righteousness to the world as you know best. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. See ya.